Hello, and welcome to the very first episode of Meet the Dum Dums, a podcast where we're going to talk about the dumbest criminals in the history of crime. Now, I started this podcast for a couple of different reasons, man. I love true crime, love it heaps. But with a lot of true crime shows and podcasts, they're all super serious. And I wanted to take a, a look at another side of, of humans that makes me super excited, and that's watching stupid people doing really stupid shit. So we're going to take this podcast and we're going to combine those two things together. My name is Tim Davis, and I'm going to be your host as we go on this journey looking at a lot of bunch of idiots. <laughs> Sounds fun, right? So we're going to go to our first episode where we're going to be looking at Anthony Prince and Luke Carroll, two idiots from my home country, Australia. It's just the cat. All right, let's go into a quick clip when, uh, from Australian Story, and then we'll go into the show. I just had that feeling like there's no way that that you're going to be able to get away with this. You've just robbed a federally insured bank in the United States. Like you'd have to be retarded to think that you get away with it. I remember standing out in front of the bank, making that decision to just you know let's do it. We're here now. Let's get it done. So I walked in first. Luke was behind me. In the first few seconds, it just didn't seem like we were being robbed. And I remember feeling like I almost was smiling. Seeing two guys with ski masks and goggles on over the top of them really didn't mean much in a ski town. I even remember in the first few seconds that the guns didn't look real. I put the money into pillowcases. And when I got down to the $1 bills, I said, you want to carry these $1 bills? And he, you know, shut up, put everything in there, everything, hurry up. And I was just thinking, you're so stupid. You want to carry like $5,000 in $1 bills. They walked out of there with about $130,000 U.S. So these two kids get so much cash, literally, they can't carry it out. And get this, you know what their getaway scheme was? to ride the ski lift up to the top of the mountain and snowboard down <laughs> with, the, with the money uh, and then go home. I would say that we had them identified within eight minutes of the robbery. Okay, so there you go. At the start of that, interview you had uh, Anthony Prince one of the dum-dums we're going to be talking about uh, he was talking on that interview uh, about robbing the bank and then you also had the woman was uh, the lady that worked at the bank and the man at the end was uh, one of the detectives that eventually brought them down after not too much of a struggle so Anthony Prince and Luke Carroll they were two 19 year old mates from Byron Bay there were two surfers. Now, Byron Bay is in New South Wales in Australia, a really hippie town if you've never been there or never heard of it. And it's one of those places where you get two guys from there, two surfers, you know, the stereotype is that they might be a little bit dumb. 
it's not always true. In this case, it's 100% true. So these two folks, they go from Byron Bay, two surfers, going over to America. It's 2005, and they're there on this big holiday, and they're on there, they're over there with a working visa as well. So it's at this point that Anthony and Prince and Luke Carroll decide to rob the Vail Colorado Bank. Anthony and Luke both storm into the bank, Anthony leading the charge, both wearing masks and replica and having replica pistols, which just means fake pistols, fake guns. Now, I want to just pull up here before we keep going and point out that to me, Anthony Prince really does feel like the ringleader of the two after reading uh, reading articles of this story because for a few different reasons. It's it's Anthony that that makes the push first the, to go into the bank. He's the one leading the charge. Since uh, being in prison, uh, it's Anthony's the one that has come out. He's the one with the book. He's the one doing all these uh, media talks never really talks about Luke at all. He doesn't bring up it was this was Luke's idea or, or anything like that. And it's and it's and Luke hasn't come out and spoken with anyone, with anyone in the media since since coming out of prison. And and I just it just really does look like Luke, I don't know if there is a mastermind out of the two of these guys because they're both fucking idiots. But it does look like he's the one leading the charge. So the boys go into the bank with their masks and replica pistols and steal $132,000 US, which is crazy. They've got so much money that the guys can barely carry it out of the bank. I just find it completely insane that these two guys at one point were in possession of that that amount of, of stolen money. It is just bizarre. So that day the boys do get away uh, and the next morning they decide to go to the airport early in the morning and that they were going to buy one-way tickets to Mexico using cash money. <laughs> uh, Anthony Prince, when talking with an interview to the Sydney Morning Herald, says, the next day we got to the airport early and we still had too much cash to smuggle through customs. So we decided to chuck it out, but we decided first we'd take some photos of it. We opened a few bundles and fanned them out and showed off like idiots. And I remember the whole time taking the photos, I just had this weird feeling that this was going to come back and haunt me. And sure enough, it did. Now, what happens is the guys go uh, to the airport. They try to buy the tickets to Mexico with the buddy. And obviously the FBI have alerts for, and they're using their passports as well. And at this point, the FBI knows knows who they are uh, and knows that they're their suspects. And so the alert goes off and uh, a, a large number of FBI agents uh, come to the airport, uh, FBI and police uh, store uh, the two guys. Uh, they... Uh, they take them down, and from there, uh, Anthony Prince and Luke Carroll go to jail. A, a picture of us there at the at the airport being arrested. I just remember hearing these hundred, seemed like hundreds of footsteps charging at me, and 
And then next thing I look up and here's about 50 cops in black uniform with guns drawn or screaming at me to put my hands up, get on my knees, hands behind your heads, you're being caught. And, you know, they grabbed me and, uh, and cuffed me and led me off. I just remember my pants sagging and sort of falling down my, my ass. And, and it was a relief to know that I wouldn't have to, you know, live a life with a man on the run, you know, that I was now able to face my punishment. And, So there you have Anthony Prince talking about uh, them getting arrested at the airport. I love how he adds in there, um, I was relieved that I got caught, didn't have to live a life of a man on the run. You go to Mexico with thousands of dollars to party to have a great time. Instead of that, you're going to a maximum security prison in the US. That is not something that I would rather prefer. the other thing I really love about this story, there's actually heaps of things I love about this, but one one thing is just how many stereotypes get ticked off, and I'm about to re- reveal another one. So the guys are two servers from Byron Bay. They're, they're, they go over to, to America to a snowboarding town. Uh, they're over there working in snowboarding. Uh, they then decide to rob a bank. So once they get caught, they go to prison, and then Anthony Prince joins a white supremacist group whilst in jail. I never had a desire to want to be a member of a white supremacist gang. It was just the way that it went. That was the natural progression of anybody who went into the system was that, you know, upon first looks, they go by the colour of your skin. Are you white? Are you black? Are you Hispanic? Are you Asian? And whatever you are, will that immediately you're categorised and, and, you know, you go from there. So I was categorised as white. So then where, where do I go from there? Do I hang out with the, with the white faggots or do I hang out with um, and the KKK or do I hang out with the Aryan Brotherhood or do I hang out with the, uh, the dirty white boys? So it was just, you know, natural for me to go in. I had to hang with white people because that's just the way that it went. Everything in the prison was was racially segregated. You go to the, the dining hall, they've got white tables, black tables, Asian tables. You go out to the rec yard and you've got the white boys working out here, the black boys working out there. Our football team was all white boys, no blacks, you know. So there's that's just the way that it goes. It's not like I wanted to be a part of, a, of that gang. It's not like I fully believed in, in what they stood for. It was just... If you want to survive, if you want to get through your time. So that was that was uh, Anthony Prince talking about his time in prison and, and joining a white supremacist gang. I'm not going to comment too much on that. I don't know that much about American prison. I don't know what you have to do to survive, but for sure don't be saying, calling them faggots on, on an interview that is going online. No, that def- definitely doesn't help your cause. Um, so they both got five years in prison. Um, both got out, both come back to Australia. Now, let's look at the real breakdown of the reason why I chose these guys as the first dum-dums on the podcast. And and let's look closely at the two people that the American media named Dumb and Dumber. So um, they left a massive trail of evidence behind. Uh, their first first real problem was they were regular customers at this bank. 
They went in there all the time. There weren't many Australian people in there. They had identified, the, the people working at the bank had identified that it was them almost immediately by the fact that they've got thick Australian accents. Hide your accent, don't talk, give them a letter give, with your list of demands or something. But if, you, if you're in a foreign place, do not, do not start t- talking to the people at the bank. It's going to give you away straight away. Uh, secondly, on that same note, they were wearing name tags. <laughs> they were wearing name tags. So I assume that they had just that the had they just finished work or something along those lines. Get changed. Go get a jacket. Something. Do not wear name tags while rubbing in a bank. No. Damn damn. Okay, so once they rob the bank, um <laughs> they go straight across the road and they buy Rolexes using the money that they just that they just robbed from the bank. No, 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 no. <laughs> don't spend the money for ages. Don't spend the money. And if, if anything, don't spend it all. Go, go, uh, go switch it over at a, at a casino. Go, go. Uh, I, I know that uh, people go and uh, buy drugs and then sell and then uh, sell the drugs across town to try and get rid of the money that way. Do, do something a little bit more creative. Um, so, the next thing, obviously, they attempt to buy one-way tickets using the money. Uh, they're taking photos. They're taking photos of them flashing the money and putting them online. And I think that's that's a case where, um, I don't know, it's kind of shameful to be in this generation. I'm, I'm, I'm 28 years old, and uh, it's something about this generation, about taking photos of, of everything. Of everything that you do, it's just a little bit of advice to anyone listening. If you're doing something bad, especially if you're doing something that's going to put you into maximum level security prisons, don't take photos of it. Just remember it. Uh, one thing I do like, though, is when they rock up to the airport, they tip the cab driver $20,000. <laughs> Which I think is super, super nice. I wonder, um, I guess the, the cab driver uh, must have must have came out and uh, and and told the FBI then that, that they tipped him $20,000 and then I would assume that he would have had to give the money back, which means that the cab drivers are probably a really nice guy too. Yeah. If I got given 20 grand, uh, 20 grand tip, I don't think I would give the money back. I know it sounds really bad, but once I knew it was sort of a, a federal prison, uh, sorry, a federal bank that they robbed, I, I don't know if I would give the money back. I don't I don't think I would. What I would do is I'd play incredibly dumb. <laughs> Not as dumb as these two, but I'd play it pretty dumb. They, uh, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be giving up any information. If they came and spoke to me, then I might, turn in and say, oh, well, they gave me this money. But if they never came and spoke to me, I would probably just say that I didn't see it on the news. Afterwards, Detective Ryan Milburn, uh, and this is this is what he brought up in, in, in the first interview on an Australian story that we listened to, uh, he said that they had identified their suspects 
within eight minutes. It's just nuts because usually they're, they're chasing down guys for a while and eight minutes just seems a little bit crazy. Eight minutes, you're still going into that situation and going, okay, what's going on? Let's make sure everyone's okay. Let's make sure everyone's settled down. Nope. Within eight minutes, they figured out that Anthony Prince and Luke Carroll were the two men that robbed the bank. After getting out of prison, uh, both the guys serving their their five-year sentences, both guys moved back to Byron Bay. Uh, Prince then does an interview with uh, many different news outlets, including this one from Courier Mail. Prince says he still mates with Luke Carroll, who was also back after serving his five years at different institutes. Carroll has shunned any publicity, as we know, uh, in trying to rebuild his life in private. Prince says, it's good to see him safe and sound. I still catch up with him for a surf. I can confide in him. He's my partner in crime. <laughs> Look, I do love, I, I don't think that these guys are very intelligent guys, and it's hard to say whether they're good people or not. I I don't know. People change. It's not a good thing to rob a bank and scare all those people and ruin people's lives by holding guns in their faces. It's a terrible thing to do. A part of me loves the humor side in these two, though, that, that they're making jokes about it. I mean, I'm, I'm a little bit up in the air whether these guys could be good people. I don't know. But um, obviously, if it's his name, uh, Prince says it's hard to shake. It's the first thing people talk about, dumb and dumber. But I've come to terms with it. I've matured and I'm extremely confident and happy about the person I am. I'm happy to laugh about it now. I'm extremely remorseful, but there's a flip side that is uh, that it was a crazy, funny thing. And it's okay to laugh, they say. Obviously, it's a stupid thing that I did and I deserve it. I deserve everything that I got. Well, I think that wrapping wrapping up this first case of these two guys, um, I, I think that, in my opinion, they were definitely idiots at the time, definitely morons, absolute morons. People change. I think if you're that level of dumb, you can only, you can only break the mould a certain amount. I think you can only get to a degree smarter if you were once that dumb in your life. Um, but welcome, welcome Anthony Prince and Luke Carroll to the Dumb Dumb Hall of Fame, the first members. And that concludes our very, our very first subjects of the Meet the Dumb Dumbs podcast. That was fun. That was a lot of fun. Thank you for coming along and joining. Um, each episode, we're we're gonna we're gonna keep it we're gonna keep it pretty pretty short. Uh, I'm not sure how many we're going to uh, to to get. It's gonna be at least one a week. Uh, I'm going to see if we can hopefully do more. We're going to uh, add different segments to the to the podcast as we as we go as we go along, and uh, maybe do uh, two two different stories each, each each podcast. Still trying out uh, different different formulas. If you do enjoy this podcast, I uh, am in another podcast called Charging Stallion Presents News We Like. Uh, I do that podcast with Cam Beasley. And uh, and it's a it's a really fun podcast where we get 
different news stories on really obscure news stories and uh, just talk about how, how, how funny we find them and how much we love talking about obscure news story and the strange people out there in the world. So, uh, again, thank you very much. Uh, we got a Facebook page pumping, so we're going to start putting things out there, putting photos and, and articles each week of the each episode of the of, of, of the stories and, and the and the people in them. And I just want to say thank you, uh, thank you for listening. And and this is the first episode, so we're we're definitely still still figuring things out. And uh, we will see you next time on the Meet the Dum Dums podcast. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm.